live. It is Monday, August 8th, 2022, and this is the Voice of Reason podcast. My name is Sean Phillips, joined alongside my two co-hosts, Mr. Annie Van Beber and Travis Kirkendall. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing on this lovely Monday evening? Fan-freaking-tastic. I... I don't know if you guys saw it on, you guys probably didn't get a chance to get on Facebook, but I, we did the double feature tonight. We did 7.30, we did Bryson versus Dad, and God, I can't beat this kid at anything anymore. And wow. that game that game you saw me streaming last night, Sean, that Outlaws game, was a game that was made in 1997. And, oh, wow. And it's, I mean, it's an old LucasArts game. And the first two times we played it, I beat him. And I haven't beat him since. And granted, we've only been playing this game for about a week and a half. I would, He's already stolen. Oh, God. He just like last night, it just... Mm, I just... What's the next game? I don't know. I, I, I get to choose. I, I don't know. I mean... Unless I plan on doing a slam dunk contest, I don't know what I'm going to beat him at. So, I yeah, lots of options here. You got to think of something. Get the winning streak back on, dude. I haven't. How was your week? How's the uh, yeah? How's the new pup? Oh, well, so my dad came up this weekend, so he got to meet my dad's dog Odie. And, uh, my dad got to meet Lupo, of course, and it was cool. Uh, Lupo is a full time job. He's a pain in the ass. He likes to chew and bite everything. <laughs> he understands no after about the 20th time. Um, oh, times. so awesome. Uh, but he's an absolute blessing. We yeah. love him to death. Yeah. He's, he's 100% part of the family, and we wouldn't, have traded, we wouldn't trade him for anything. That's it's been good. totally worth it. That is so good. Oh, Welcome to parenthood. Welcome to parenthood. That's what it is. Yeah, right. It is, dude. It's like having an actual baby. It, like, it's it I, I I tell everybody. You have to watch him twenty four seven. I t I tell everybody, man. Before you have kids, if you can handle, people think I sound ignorant when I say this, but if you can handle any dog from the retriever yeah. uh, household, retrievers are by far the best dogs when it comes to loyalty and everything to me right there with pit you but, for it. but you've got to work gosh you got to work for it <laughs> oh my gosh yeah they definitely test you for sure but they are they are the most loyal in my opinion good evening mr vincent Hello. we see mike vincent officer michael vincent who was in our first season joining us tonight good evening mr vincent before before i forget um, I would like to, uh, if he's listening or if he ends up listening, I would like to wish my old man, uh, Murray Phillips, a happy Murr. big 6 birthday. Murdog! Murdog! Officially crossed the point of no return. Murdog! Uh, yep, so happy I hope he got his colonoscopy and prostate exam lined up. And, <laughs> and getting, um... Getting used to real adulthood here pretty soon. Oh my so. gosh. That, I want to tell you something. That is, I don't wish that on my worst enemy at I all. I know a couple guys that wish they could get one every other day. So, <laughs> the more you know. Don't worry. Your time's coming. <laughs> man, yeah. When exactly. Believe me, when you, when you get it, man, it's not... I, we need, I mean, we did that when, after I had my, my prostate exam. I, no joking though, fellas, we've talked about this before though, but guys, once you get over 40, you've, I mean, it is, I was, was it, I, which one of you guys was telling me about, was it one of you guys or somebody else was telling me that a, a guy that they had known who had had it, he had went so long without getting a test and he was like, it was that you, Travis, that was telling me that story? I, somebody was telling me. I thought it was on the podcast. Maybe not. But the dude, guy had like gotten me. into his like mid-40s or 50s before he even got his first test. And by the time he got tested, he was like stage four and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, well, hell, whatever. You know, and just all this stuff. And guy, I mean, it, it you know, it's not that anything. Yeah. So how was your weekend, Sean? 
Uh, my weekend was was good. Um, it was it was kind of busy. Um, a lot of moving parts. We've got the uh, event at Irvine for the wrestling show tomorrow. So um, this weekend was good, though. What do we do? Um, kind of. It, it wasn't a crazy weekend. We we did some shopping uh, or looking around at IKEA. We're doing some renovations to. Uh, Tony has been hired as a interior designer um to kind of help square away the office facilities um and so we kind of looked at desks and shelves and did some stuff like that uh went to the uh, park with uh jam um she got the royal treatment at her favorite place in town mm-hmm. yesterday or was that yesterday you're talking about the cookie yeah. you're, are you talking about the cookie joint the place or the day before yesterday yeah we went to the cookie place that was... so the the last so not last time but the time before that we went and they they love my they, they they love our daughter there they love her so much, and um, we went and so every time we go there they always give her stickers and more stickers and more. Well then last time, they like, the you know, second to last time ago we went whatever, we went and they were like hey do you want to watch us make the cookies so she got to go oh. back there and she was kind of in awe and got to watch them make the cookies. Well this time when we went, um, they let her make her own cookies. So she got to go and they, they let her, so cool. you know, put everything on. It. And so she loves, loves that place. But they love her. And it was actually the funniest part about it was there were a lot of people there when we got this. So there was like two, a couple there and they were waiting. Um, or actually they had like this big cookie sampler that they were uh, munching on. And so Jam goes back, she does that. And like five or six other people come into order. And then they let Julian walk back with her little box and like, show, show mom and dad your cookies. And so she lifted it up and we saw it and then like, the whole store, like the the staff, the people up front, they all started clapping and giving her a round of applause. Wow. And she loved it. Like, she's beaming. She had so much fun. Um, so do you have... They're, I, they're awesome there. Thanks to them, we have to go back at least once a week, uh, which... I, I have... Or worse, it's either... You know, I have or, to ask, how big are your man boobs now? How big are your man these, boobs? Of- these... These titties, I'm, I'm slowly <laughs> surpassing... Uh, Tony, right now, I think. Dude, I think you, when we go out and about, I think when we go to the beach next week, I'm gonna have to wear the bikini top. Because you were like saying, saying I gained. I remember yesterday you were like saying I gained twenty pounds. <laughs> gained twenty pounds. Yeah, I gained twenty pounds, and the next day I shit out about nineteen. <laughs> so we're the over under the over the over under walking sideways through doors over here. Oh yeah, my yeah, god! What are you looking at my gut for? Hey, hey, my eyes are up. My eyes are up here. Hey, 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 hey. Exactly. <laughs> so things are things are going great. Um, uh, a lot of transitional stuff still that we're getting done, but yeah, yeah. How about you guys? Any anything good besides the extra video games and well, we uh, doggy daycare. The we're getting the uh, we're doing the uh, annual Van Beber annual camping trip this. This coming Thursday, I believe, and uh, I sent a I sent a video to the boys on on uh, on our on our group chat. I so last year we went we we went in this tent that was it's supposed to be a four person tent, and so me and my two Chinese children can could not adequately sleep comfortably in this thing. So I went out and bought a for my birthday gift. My birthday is on Friday, and so. We, uh, next Friday, no, this Friday, this Friday. And so we're, I bought a, I bought a 10 person tent. This thing is 14 by 16. And so you could park a Buick literally inside this thing. And it is, uh, it's massive. And, but, uh, we're going to go either Wednesday or Thursday. I haven't made up my mind yet. So we're going to do that. We go cramp camp on the Creek bed and you know, it, it's the real deal. So but uh no well, but speaking of uh speaking of tents um we can kind of shuffle into one of um uh hippies favorite pastime to partake in in <laughs> tents um, camping out there um and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that khalifa kush the uh, uh the purple haze we're going to talk about good old aunt mary jane all right um, for those of you that are, live under a rock, we are talking about marijuana. 
Marijuana. Pot, no. weed, ganja, the, Mary Jane. The discussion um, comes from, uh, if, if you guys haven't been uh, following along with the news, uh, professional basketball player, WNBA star Brittany Griner, um, recently, or a couple months ago, was detained and arrested in Russia. Uh, Back in for February. possession of oil, uh, cannabis oil, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a very, very small amount, but yeah, as it goes with the current crisis uh, in Russia and with, you know, the the political, um, you know, uh, political aggression that we are facing with them, um, what could have potentially just been a no thing turned into a big something. Um, but one thing we are also seeing, at least that I've read, is that the sentence, which uh, she ended up getting a nine-year prison sentence mm-hmm. um, in Russia, what I'm actually seeing from what I'm reading is that's actually, even for Russian citizens, that's not hardcore. uncommon sentence. That's what I, at least what I've yeah. read, and, and it could be way off, but like they cracked down pretty hard on marijuana. Um, and I'm seeing that like over there, nine years is pretty pretty average for what a lot of folks are getting, at least from what I've read. But I again, I'm not there, so I don't necessarily know if that's 100 percent true or not. Before I put that out there. Well, what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing worldwide, though, and and doing some. So I don't know. What what, what do you guys think? Do you think nine years is uh, yeah too too harsh, or, or do you think for an think for kind of for for less than an ounce? Well, it was less than an ounce, right? I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm mistaken on that. I think it was less than an ounce. And Vinny, I don't know if you're still on or not. If you could comment in, in, in the chat there, what, what like county governments and everything, how much you can have here in the States. I don't know if Mike Vincent's still on or not, but I mean, nine years for something that you could basically, I mean, literally if you dropped it out, you could keep in the palm of your hand. Mm. I don't know about that. I I mean, I will say you're by American standards. Yeah. Nine years is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I happy ass could walk down the street and buy an ounce right now. If I wanted to Mike Vincent, Mike Vincent says less here in Missouri, less than 35 grams is a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor. Less than 35 grams. God. And yeah, so you can see the difference right there. I got to the keep on. I got to look and see how much she was caught with. Let me keep on talking. I got to see how much she was caught with. I got to get that exact. Well, yeah, I don't know what other. I, I bet to see a list that shows like. I'm sure you could Google it. Like what countries are marijuana friendly and which ones aren't. Because I know, obviously, just look at the past 10 years, how much it's changed and how it's definitely more accepted now than it was. And 20 years ago, wouldn't you agree, Sean? Oh, 100. Uh, percent I mean, and that's like that's everywhere. Even in even in your red states where it's not um, even medicinally legal yet, um, you're starting to see like less and less um, of a battle against it. And I think it's just because they understood like eventually it's gotten to the point now where people kind of realize like marijuana really isn't um, like the drug we need to be fighting. Um, and it just, you know, potheads are less of a burden on the American taxpayer than putting these people away in prison. I mean, yeah. one of the issues, one of the big issues that, you know, we as Americans are kind of looking at when it comes to marijuana is that there are people still in states where marijuana is now recreationally, recreationally legal that are in the prison system. Um, she can just, and again, things get kind of, go ahead, go ahead. She had... Two cartridges for personal use for her vape, which contained 0.252 grams of cannabis and 0.45 grams of hash oil. So we're talking to 0.25 point. So we're talking what? 70.7 grams. 0.7 grams. That's crazy. Mike, Mike, Mike Vincent also said, yeah, here and, he says, you literally uh, in Missouri, you get a citation yeah. and they take it away. What, when I was, 
when I was looking though, you were you were asking you were asking about uh, I mean right I mean what less than a less than a, a day's drive over there in good old Amsterdam. I mean I I think I posted this, you know on the history of, of recreational drugs, I mean, in Amsterdam, and it was nine—I'd uh, have to look it up. I think it was 1976. They they basically, you know, anything short of you know, you, you can't have. I mean, they like marijuana, and but I mean, they put a cap on like heroin and crap like that. But I mean, yeah, there. Nine years is ridiculous, and the fact that she, you know. I'm never going to partake myself, but at the same time, I've been, I've been, in, and I'm sure you have too, Sean and Travis. I mean, I've been to my share of concerts where I've gotten more secondhand uh, marijuana intake than I, I mean, I, I don't know. What? Well, no, 100%, uh, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Travis. I went to a, uh, there's a band called Slightly Stupid. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, I love yeah. them. I love them. Um, I went. I was at a concert in Alaska, and they came up for the Alaska State Fair, and literally the whole crowd, man, just smoke and haze in the air. People are taking blunts and throwing it on the stage for the singers and stuff. It was. I never seen anything like it. It was crazy. My no, I remember I went to a J. Cole concert. Oh, there you go. And there you go, right there. I, there was so much hot like that was the first time i'd been to shows where i'd seen people smoking that was the first time i'd been to a show where i saw like an actual haze over the crowd from from all the joints uh being smoked up in that place and i can only imagine what something like woodstock would have looked like oh my god like oh my god you know google maps or something if they would have uh <laughs> been able to hit it if it, it would have been around but yeah, yeah 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 what but what do you so is is it because I as a child of the eighties and I sent this to you guys in the in the research thing as a child of the eighties, okay I grew up with of course Ronald Reagan's wife Nancy started the Just Say No campaign and it was targeted at marijuana and to me and I, I, I've always, you know, I've always been raised, you know, not to partake alcohol, you know, and, and it's not to, to brag about or anything like that, but, you know, I have no desire and I have no interest in, but to me, you know, when I was in high school, it was just like the, the weirdos were the potheads. And now as a teacher in the 20 you know 2000 call them the 20s as a teacher in the 20s now i'm it's more commonplace and i mean i think it's more socially acceptable and it's you know i don't know what are you guys thoughts on that it's definitely more mainstream i mean you gotta think though i mean with states legalizing how could it not be more mainstream i mean so many people for the longest time wouldn't use it or at least say they used it because it was deemed illegal mm. Now that it's you know legal, more people are partaking in it, and so I think that's why you're seeing it more of a yeah, it's definitely more of a normal thing. It's not, it's still, I guess it's still kind of taboo in some some places here in the U.S. It's got to be a big, big secret. No, he's just like there's a big stigma against it still in some spots, but I think for the most part, it's definitely becoming more of a like you said, a mainstream acceptable thing. A, co a couple of, and this is something that we're, uh, Michael Vincent, who's a friend of the show and he's a, he's a, uh, County officer. We've had him on before. He said, just my opinion with it in my line of work, if they would pass it being legal for recreational use, it would make my job 10 times easier to not have to worry about it and put our sole focus more on other drugs. You know, I, that's kind of getting ahead of where we're going, but, you know, one of the, and, and we'll discuss some more pros and cons here in a little bit, but in that field of pros and cons, I think it was, you know, if you call it the war on drugs and you're looking at marijuana as you, we're losing that war, we've lost that war. And the main argument that was put out when I first started teaching was why, you know, why would, and I remember when I did the election of 2000 between Bush and Gore, and Gore 
and they asked during and they asked us during one of those uh, rock the vote MTV rock the vote town hall meetings and this lady got up and said you know why can't we push for the legalization of marijuana and Al Gorgeous is like and this was a Democrat back in 2000 who said you know this is to us you know legalizing any drug would be setting a dangerous precedent and all this other stuff and and marijuana is a door doorway drug and that phrase became that became the new catchphrase marijuana was the doorway drug because once you try marijuana then you're not going to you know fill that void i guess is the word i want to use and you just you just go on into other drugs which i think that's up for debate too Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's a load of crap because I've, I've never wanted to try crystal meth or do heroin, you know, like ever. Um, I never had a desire. And um, even in the, you know, times where marijuana has, you know, been partaken in, I've never been like, you know what, this just doesn't do it for me anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I would just love to just sit back and curt. Cobain it and just <laughs> shoot some heroin directly in the old keister. <laughs> yeah, I well, and, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't I'd have to do like some research, but I'm pretty sure that like so back in the day, that one of the biggest ad like, um, you know, anti marijuana like groups were was the lumber um, industry, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That was, and then that narrative, like, because it was, it, it was just always known as cannabis, and then they gave it the name marijuana for it to sound more like Hispanic. Yes, and scary for, for yes the honkies up north. Well, yeah. let me read. Let me. Uh, so you say that uh, Mexican immigrants entered the United States in record numbers following the 1910 Mexican Revolution. They reportedly introduced Americans to smoking marijuana for rec recreational purposes. In the same time, sailors and West Indian immigrants brought marijuana from the Caribbean into North America via New Orleans. And in the 20s and the 30s, recreational cannabis use became associated with jazz music. So then there's this uh, guy whose name was uh, Harry Anslinger, who was the first commissioner of the Bureau of uh, Federal Bureau of Narcotics, who wanted to associate cannabis with demeaning or racist stereotypes about Mexican immigrants. And so this was a so this was a report that he had filed, and this is from a quote in 19, 1931, and this is a straight quote: "There are one hundred thousand total marijuana smokers in the United States, and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana use." This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and any others. And then they talked, to, they talked a little bit. His efforts were aided by a 1936 anti-marijuana propaganda film called Reefer Madness. And they've got a picture of this. I need to find a way to post. <laughs> but this picture, oh this picture, Reefer Madness. <laughs> women cry for it. Men die for it. Reefer Madness. So... You know, I, I wonder how much of the stigmas and BS that goes with with this came from, like that kind of stuff in that era. I, I would assume almost all of it. Well, so like so propaganda. so here's so here's another interesting piece of history. So then, uh, a Hispan the Hispanic the first Hispanic mayor of New York, Fierro Laguardia, who Laguardia Airport is named after. The LaGuardia, he, he did a, he got a commission together in 1940, uh, no, 1938, to do research on marijuana. This is one of the first actual collegiate research done on marijuana in this country. And this port, report was released in 1944. So the 1944 LaGuardia report concluded that the practice of smoking marijuana does not lead to addiction. Marijuana is not the determining factor in the commission of major crimes. Uh, the public, the publicity concerning the catastrophic effects effects of marijuana smoking in New York City is unfounded. And of course, then this guy, this commissioner of the Nar Anslinger, just said, "Well, this is just that's a load of crap." And then you know the negative connotation then came about. I think really mainstream was in the 1960s then with um, the hippie movement, you know, 
and you know some the summer of love what was the summer of love 67 and you know to me that's when it really that's where when it really took on and it, it and it created this counterculture to where it was you know it was seen as something bad mike vincent says marijuana is the least of our worries in this time we were living in he said, yes, we still have to police it, but you would not believe the people I deal with on the daily that look me straight in the eyes and say, yeah, I've overdosed on fentanyl about six times now. He said, there's a town down here close to where I live. Uh, he said he'll leave it on a name that literally put vending machines all over town filled with free Narcon for people to walk up and get it at will. What the oh. Free, free Narcon, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's so frustrating for me. Anytime we, we there's a discussion of like marijuana, like oh should it happen or should it not, it's it's all bullshit to me because we have this huge opiate crisis going on, like and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And there's like no, there's no like action from our leadership about it. Like it seems like nothing, nothing being done about it. It's just getting worse. And so and yet we're still having a debate on whether marijuana is okay or not. So like people aren't out here ODing on. Well, that that's the thing. Okay, and so I did. And again, I'm not an advocate of marijuana. I just I'll get that out there. But everything that I've I've come across, and there has never been a documented, recorded case of anyone dying from a marijuana overdose, ever. You know, and what what we're seeing now. Uh, I know a lot of people that have been so high they thought they were going to die of the marijuana. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I th- and yeah. I think and I think that marijuana to me is like this. I liken, you know, ma- marijuana has its has its pros and cons. Okay, when I when I I go down through the list. And we can just, I mean, we can touch on a few of these. I sent these guys, this out to the guys today. Um, the, you know, the pro, the pros and cons of, <coughs> excuse me, uh, of doing, uh, uh, of doing marriage. So you say, okay, is it going to kill me? No. Does, but it has just the same effects as smoking anything else. I mean, vape. It, you're going to do damage to your lungs. You're going, I mean, if you're doing it on a repetitive basis, I mean, you smoke cigarettes, you smoke marijuana, you smoke vape, it's going to have the same effects. But as far as, you know, the addiction side, go ahead, go ahead. They also, especially now that it's legalized and these dispensaries are uh, opening up everywhere, they have so many other options. Like you don't, like there's so many different edibles and things like that that won't affect the lungs and Yes, you want to right. smoke anything, and it's they're making it more definitely more general public uh, marketing, I guess you could say. With that, but continue on. No, I now you know with marijuana, and you guys have we've we've talked about this, we've talked about this on this podcast before. Illinois, so Illinois now is entering year th- three, I believe. Okay, and the one thing that is hard to argue against, they tax the holy hell out of marijuana here in Illinois. I I can't, I maybe we can look this up here or some, what the actual tax rate is on it, but I know it's, I almost, I may be over, over the limit when I say close to a hundred percent, but I mean, it's, pretty steep and yeah i had to look up the rate but you know one of the one of the arguments that 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 they that people give on the pros and cons is that you know it and and my michael said it here legalizing marijuana would end the costly enforcement of marijuana laws and free up police resources like we're saying i mean we have a, like you said, Travis, this, this opioid crisis is way out of hand. I never thought I could say the day to anybody, 
I know where I can buy heroin. Okay? And it's not something that I'm proud of, but I can tell you right now who I can call to if if I was so messed up that I wanted to go get heroin or if I wanted to get fentanyl, I know an individual here in Louisiana who I can contact and it's somebody who I've known for years, former alumni who deal in it. And and it's the thing that people don't I mean they they I understand Pike County is not the mecca of making money and there's but it's 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 quick and easy money to them and so it's hey I've got this I can sell this and and we're not really looking at what the what the outcome is going to be of this you know so I mean yeah what's really what's frustrating for me with that and I think this could be a whole episode in itself it's people always think about the cities but it from what I've seen, it really is these small rural towns that are just getting devastated by this crisis. Like, I'm not going to call out names or nothing, but I can go to a couple Walmarts near your area, and I can just see it on people. It's so obvious. And it's a pretty good amount of people. Um, at least it seems like it's more and more every day. Yeah. It's, again, it's just frustrating that the leadership has just completely seemingly ignored this issue. Where, what, I don't know how to phrase this the proper way. What is it going to take for, what is it going to take for our federal government to recognize that the, that the war, uh, that we need to change the focus on the, I mean, every once in a great blue moon, we'll hear the opioid crisis. You know, Joe Biden will stumble through a speech and say something about it. I never remember Trump saying anything about it. I mean, and this is, wouldn't you say this is kind of a, within the last 10 years that this has become a growing thing? Is oh, it, does, it, does that sound reasonable about 10 years, t- 10 years time span? Well, I, I want to yeah. say from my, my memory, obviously we know when people hit hard times, they turn to hard things. And um, I know like, when the recession kind of hit and when like, I'm, I'm speaking for, for the area that we, that we know. And this was, you know, small town by County was pretty much, you know, a lot of the country um, in these like smaller industry towns where the economy is driven by a single business, like a large business or an industrial business. And when that business went away, a lot of these towns kind of got overran by unemployment and hard drug issues like look at clarksville like it was the same one family that was cooking up all the crystal for everyone yep. in the area we don't need to um, say we all know yeah members of that family have been arrested over and over arrested released arrested released like 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 catching fish um mm-hmm. and, and the issue was you know like at least i think um that when that happened um, and, and industry went away. That... Oh, did we lose him? I think we did. His video was cutting out. Yeah. Sean, he'll get back in here in a second. Are you there, Sean? There we are. There you are. Yeah, go I ahead. don't know how much of that you guys. Heard no, go ahead. Go ahead and finish out. that thought. You were on a roll there. Okay. So when, when you, when you had this, like the, these industries shut down and, and these towns kind of got run over. I, I don't know how far you guys got, but like Clarksville, again, for example, um, it was like one family that was, that was cooking everything. And again, catch and release, catch and release, kick like, like, like fish in a pond. Um, when it comes, because local law enforcement can only do so much. And um, it really hit these towns hard. Like Hannibal, Hannibal has FBI members, like full-time FBI members in Hannibal because drugs are so bad there. Yes. Um, and the the bureau actually has the bureau actually has a uh, a uh, office in Hannibal. It's there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous, and it, and it seems to like increase. Like, look at and and not only when when you take you know these hard drugs come again more more issues. If you look at you know in Pike County um, or Lincoln County, I guess um, 
no joke, uh, my sister and her husband um, had their catalytic converter stolen from their truck on on you know their em employment property. Mm -hmm. The next couple of days later, that same couple, that the meth head fucking pieces of shit, like scumbags, um, stole around 40 to 50 catalytic converters from a used car lot. And they got... <laughs> that same week. And, and, and they got caught not because of local PD, but because a mm -hmm. bounty hunter was hired and fucking found out and, where these people were, and then local PD were caught. Well, and, the, so, that, and that, by the way, that I think it, we're talking about the same one. That ended in a chase that right outside town here. Yes. And they yeah. rolled the, the, and actually we were we were going up to the Y over the weekend YMCA, and the two the two Pike County Sheriff's Department. Mm -hmm. I mean they and I read about that in the paper. They they were banged up pretty good. Yeah, and here's the thing. My my personal take is you know I, I believe there's a different way to approach hard drugs and, and how we handle you know act, like the drug related incidents. Like that's that, that's different. I'm referring to. You know, getting people actual help as opposed to just jailing someone. Like, I think there's there's a lot more that can be done. Um, you know, you hit the distributors hard, um, and the consumers you 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 seek help for. But you know, if if you know states said screw it, let's let you know the the people have what they want. But the federal government here's the issue. Look at Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade overturning means that there's no chance for marijuana to ever be federally legal because, fuck, if it ain't in that Constitution, you know that they're, they're going to have a hard time doing it. But then if they do, if they do pass, you know, if they make marijuana federally legal, which I want, I want more than anything because as a National Guardsman, even though I'm with a state militia, I'm still property of the federal government. And so I am not allowed to legally partake in marijuana. Which is a load of shit, because I can guarantee you, you can ask almost any, any um, vet, you know, anyone that's gone through PTSD. I can guarantee you they yes. have their card yeah. for marijuana. So, right? to... um, I yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's 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 crazy. One day, I, I hope will I be dead probably. Um, but <laughs> well, the... you know, I hope states like Missouri get their head out of their ass. Because just think, like of, of like look at Colorado. They had a surplus in their education budget. Yeah. You look at Missouri where we're trying where where for some reason our local our locally elected officials can't seem to find extra money for our teachers. I'll tell you where to fucking find it. You find it in a fat ass doobie that you plop in someone's <laughs> mouth and just you know, say, Hey man, you can spark up, it's just gonna cost you a little That's a really good point. I wanted to bring it up with the teacher episode. Like if we're talking about trying to find funding for like teachers to pay our education mm -hmm. system more. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great channel to do it. You know, <laughs> And and here's and here's where I with funding with any kind of funding, especially for education, that they find a way to slush it around. It's kind of like when they had the you know when this was in '96 when they wanted to you know legalize. This is when they wanted to legalize casinos in Missouri before your guys' time or right at your guys' time. And the whole thing was, well, the money generated from these casinos, these riverboat casinos, will go towards education. Okay? And it's going to give such a boost to education. What ended up happening was, when that money, and then that money started to pour in, believe me, that money started to pour in, and then our state legislature said, well, we've got all this money coming in from, from the boats, now we can pull some of the allocated money that we already had in education. We can pull that out and put that somewhere else. And so basically it was just done as a way to say, well, we're going to, you know, replace this with this. So when anybody ever talks to me about, okay, well, we can use the funding from legalization of marijuana to help out, uh, you know, I respectfully kind of disagree with that one though, guys, because I'm just like, I've heard all this before. Now, if you can keep everybody's hands off of it and actually say, we're going to use this for this, okay, then I'm all for it. And I mean, who knows where who knows who knows where the money is going in Illinois with all the taxes? Yeah. I mean, 
we don't we don't know we don't know where that's going. And I wanted to kind of go yeah, back. I did want to kind of go back. I don't know if you guys watch the Full Send podcast or not. I I catch it every now and then. On Friday, so Elon Musk was on there on Friday. And Elon Musk had this whole hell-bent thing against Joe Biden. And he's like, why are we doing so much to try to release this person? You know, he's, he's like, I, I have my sympathy towards Brittany Griner. But why are we working hard to get these people out of, to get her out of jail when we have this, you know, uh, you know, this problem here in the United States. And there was, he meant, and what he did was, and I actually looked this up, he mentioned this report that was re- that was released in 2020 that in 2018 there were 700,000 marijuana-related arrests and this was apparently the last year that's available. And he said that accounts for 43.2% of all drug arrests, significantly more arrests than any other drug. You know? And over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, to me, and I'm sure, I don't know if Mike's still on or not, but I'll even say this. So I did a, I'll tell you this story. When 2000... No, I'm sorry, 1995, my sophomore year of college, I did an internship with the Army Corps of Engineers. I worked with the River Ranger Division out of Quincy. And my, my, okay, Benny's still here. And so I, I, my job was I got, I got paid decent money to do this intern. It was an internship slash job because I was kind of toying around before I went into education. I was kind of toying around with law enforcement and so I got this job and I worked on, you know, I worked nine to five through the week, but then on the weekends, I always worked, we worked two twelves and we worked two to two. And I would, I don't know about you, Vinny, but I would, I would take a pothead or trying to arrest a pothead 10 times a day before I try to arrest somebody who'd been drinking too much because we had this. We had this one instance. So, we had we had gotten complaints uh, uh, that there was this dude who had been pulling around his kid on a tube on the river, and he was just zigzagging all over the place. And he was dry. He was operating a boat under the influence of marijuana. And we pulled him over, and we. I mean, we found <laughs> we found roach. Cl- we found his roach clip, and it just. It, and he just said, "You know what? You got me." He said. Just take me in. He said, yeah, I pulled my kid around. I tried to be safe. I, I was operating this boat under the influence. Okay. So then there was this other instance then where we were at a, a boat ramp. And this guy and his buddy had been out running their speedboat all day. And they're pulling it up. And this guy throws some trash out of his boat. And throws it on the ground and pick it up. And starts to walk away. And the guy who I was with was this big time environmentalist. And he's going to go over and talk to him. And he comes back to the to our vehicle and he says, "We're gonna this guy, that guy's drunk." And I said, "All right." And so this dude hops on. He hops on a cross rocker. We went ahead and left the boat ramp. We go across the boat ramp. Long story short, the dude runs from us. We get Adams County Sheriff's Department. We get the Quincy Police Department, and to aid us in stopping this guy. And it took like four or five officers to handcuff this guy. Because he did not, and he was, he was drunk. And that's, that's a small uh, sampling for me. Mike says someone who has been drinking and is unruly or someone who is high on meth or heroin or anything like that are a pain to deal with as opposed to someone who is high on marijuana, you know? No, hundred percent. Like I, you know, I worked in the bar industry for years, years and years and years. And, um, a hundred times out of a hundred. I would rather be like, hey, man, you're, you smell too much like pot as opposed to like, hey, man, you've been drinking too much tonight. Like, it's it's just a different, you know, you, you react differently. Um, and people that are high are way better to deal with than people that are drunk. Like, there was a night we had a guy who was like, this was when I worked at the arcade bar in St. Louis, who 
was actually try he tried showing up for a job interview and he was smoking weed. He had weed on him and he was smoking it. And they're like, "Do you have a card for that?" And he's like, "No." They go, "Okay, well you can't smoke in here." Um, he's like, "Oh, okay, my bad, guys, my bad." And like tried talking the way to the interview. Well, then he had been in there again and got drunk and got thrown out and tried fighting people. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, you know, I've worked like tons of different events, different style things, and alcohol can always be the, the, the precursor to trouble. Yep. Um, very rarely, very, very rarely do I ever, am I ever like, ah, I'm worried about how this person's going to react because they're, they're too stoned. It's more like, great, now I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this guy out of bed like, <laughs> for the rest of the evening, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a weird, it's, it's been a weird stigma. And it's the same thing, like, I know, like, my parents personally, like, growing up, they're like, you know, don't smoke pot, don't smoke pot. Now they're like, you know, they're not, they don't partake, but I, I, they're indifferent. Like, they don't care now. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think, like, as we, you know, as, as the times kind of change, I really do think that's kind of the general consensus is people are under the understanding, like, it's really not that bad. Sure, you might not want to catch your 15, 16-year-old with it, you know, every day of the week. Um, but in the same token, like, would you rather have your kid, well, like, drunk, trying to sneak out? Well, or would you rather let, him playing Call of Duty? Can I, can I play devil? Let me, let me play devil's advocate for you guys just for a second on the other side of this. So let's go with the doorway drug argument just for, for a brief moment. If, so if we would see federal legislation which sean mentioned earlier highly unlikely but if we were to see legislation like that what would would we be entering a slippery slope of where more things would i mean if if we set the bar here and say okay we're not going to legalize pot okay well now we're going to legalize i mean do we start going i mean are we living in a time where we're going to be in a slippery slope of something like this where the window starts getting a little bit larger, do you think? I think if we continue to see like legalization of marijuana, and you're already starting to see this one, you're, you're going to start seeing more uh, legalization of like psychedelics. They're already starting to use like mushrooms and stuff for like treatments for like depression, anxiety, and other stuff. And it's becoming more of a I would say psychedelics it's become way more mainstream too because you got guys like Rogan that like always talk about how they're doing mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I, I do think yeah you see a little more broad legalization I guess not just marijuana but things like that as well. Um, I don't know if I don't see a legalization of things like meth, heroin, or I, that. Though. I just. I don't. If, if we do, it'd be a very long time until that happens. I think one of the big things that kind of needs to be like uh, the idea of not necessarily legalization, but decriminalization. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, looking at nations like, uh, and again, we can't compare apples to oranges. But right. when I always I think of like like Sweden, where um, you know. Hard drugs are decriminalized over there, but their system is different. They don't go about arresting people unless they are distributors. So if, if you are caught selling, you know, meth or heroin or uh, fentanyl, whatever it might be out in the streets, um, you you do hard you, you get in trouble for selling. Um, if you're caught like purchasing or using, uh, then you're sent to rehabilitation. They don't just arrest you. They, they send you to rehab. And what they have found over there, at least, is that for like it costs the the taxpayer less to put someone through rehab as opposed to putting someone in prison. Agreed. Um, and the thing is, you know, if like and if people if people are going to say, I can already hear the 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 old lady or you know just the guy sitting at the bar at the end of the are like, I don't want me paying for no motherfuckers. You know, do crystal meth. I don't want to be paying for him to do heroin. I ain't paying that tax shit. I ain't paying for it. It's like, okay, well, your taxes are still going to pay for that person to ride in an ambulance because they're probably uninsured. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to pay for their hospital stay. Mm -hmm. If they get arrested, then you're going to pay for them to sit in jail. If they get prosecuted, uh, then you're going to pay for them to sit in prison. 
So would you rather deal with all that or would you rather have them have access to a medical facility that will give them the purest form of the drug that they're seeking under supervised medical care? Um, and then if they you know, want to do that, well, then guess what? It's free. It doesn't cost them anything. And then they go through rehabilitation. So it costs less than all the other things previously stated. And maybe after a year or so, these people get off the drug. Like the numbers in Sweden, the numbers of people, like they, they don't have a heroin problem on their streets. They don't. They don't have a heroin problem um, because they give people heroin and then they give them treatment. And the numbers of people that are going and returning year after year continue to go down. So, I mean, it works. Mind you, they're a nation the size of, you know, a couple of our states. So there'd have to be a different approach. And unfortunately, like our sanctuary cities, like San Francisco, like they just don't, in, in Seattle, haven't executed correctly. They're just like, nah, fuck it. We'll you do this. We'll send you with a ticket and get you on your way and don't really give a shit. Like people shitting in the streets, people just throwing <laughs> needles out. It's just, it's, it's a, not even a ticket. And so that, it's the approach just needs to be done differently. And, and I don't, I don't understand. Again, for me, I'm like, this ain't rocket science, guys. But, you know, some people are just, they're, there's always going to be a disagreement. Well, and until we can find some kind of common ground, we're kind of stuck. Uh, but uh, so I want to so I want to go back though, and I want to kind of tie up this discussion though, on the other side of of marijuana, and this is medicinal uses. And I mean, as a history teacher, I can also tell you this: before we talk about medicinal, marijuana was a state hemp was a staple crop in this country for the first. 130 120 years of our existence george washington I, I i don't know if you guys saw that i mean george washington and and i read an entry from his journal he he journaled everything about his farm and i mean he talked about i mean he used hemp he used hemp for ropes they made fishing nets out of it it was so durable and sturdy okay so but beyond that okay so i'm not going to go through every one of these but just just listen to this, okay? Can here's where marijuana, medicinal marijuana, people get relief or kind of alleviate the effects of. We'll start with this: AIDS, HIV, Alzheimer's, arthritis, uh, vomit, uh, dealing nausea from chemotherapy, helping in with chemotherapy, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. Uh, inflammatory bowel disease, epilepsy, glaucoma, hepatitis C, migraine, spasticity. Uh, I mean, on and on and on and on and on. We had, uh, Travis, remember we talked about Roe v. Wade a few weeks ago and we had our fr my friend Stephanie when we did the live on my porch. Mm -hmm. They have a daughter with, she has, she, have, she has Angelman syndrome and she has seizures just, a lot and they they've weaned her off of this one drug that is i mean it's in it's not an i don't know what family drugs it's in but it, it's hard on the system and so they've been weaning her off of that and so she started having more violent seizures they upped her cannabis oil intake and guess what seizure seizures leveled off you know to me if you've got something out there that can be used for, I mean, we can go recreational, we can go, this is something that has been put out there for people to have. And the medical community has been trying, of, of course, Big Pharma has been trying, I'm sure, trying to, you know, pass off medicinal marijuana. Oh, that's just, that's a crock of blah, blah. But you see case after case after case. I remember watching a 60 Minutes episode one time about this guy who got medicinal marijuana for his Parkinson's. And this dude was just like, and then after 15 minutes, 10 15 minutes of smoking or taking, ingesting marijuana, however he did it, tremors were significantly less. I mean, why, why aren't we... 
I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, what's the biggest, why, I mean, I know I pretty much said already, but the pharmaceuticals, but why aren't we looking more at medicinal uses for marijuana? Why isn't that more acceptable? I think, and this is my opinion, and, and then Travis, you can fire away yours. My personal belief is we know the amount of benefits that there are, um, the great things that it can do. I'm a firm believer, and this just this isn't just with you know things like marijuana. This is pretty much everything. But I'm a firm believer that a lot of you know some of the old old white um, you know voters in this nation that um, contribute to your your super PACs and are donors to your reps and your uh, their local congressmen, their local senators, and then even their national senators and their national congressmen. I think that, like what you talked about, the the old smoking marijuana will make white women want to sleep with black men and all these other different things. Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe that until that generation is dead, yeah, there will still be, because of their money, and influence that goes to our elected officials, I think that is kind of why it's off-putting. Is like where I live right now, West Hollywood. Um, there's around where I live. There's some homeless people, not like a crazy amount. Um, other parts of the city, it's really bad. You want to know where there's not a fucking homeless person for miles? Beverly Hills, literally just down the street. They, it is. Completely different. Why? Because there's old money there that has been there for a long time, and they do things their way, and they don't want things to change. Like Beverly Hills is very different than the rest of Los Angeles, is what I'm what I have found. Mm -hmm. And why? Because that's where money talks, and they pay their premium to have it the way they want it. And I just think that around the world, where you might have some states where, let's say, it could be an issue that's like 50-50. You, you have these, you know, I, I think of it like I, I go to, oh, there's these people in Chesterfield, right? These old whites in Chesterfield that don't want, uh, don't want you know, people from St. Louis coming down to their restaurants and being able to smoke weed and, and, and be able to smoke outside, you know, the places they like to go. And I just think until until that influence dies out, we're, we're going to kind of be stuck there. I, I, I genuinely think, like, we're about a I wouldn't say a generation away, but maybe about like a half generation away. Like once we start to see our people, like the people in their like 60s, 50s, 40s now, I think they're going to be that new wave of like, let's fucking grow up and not, you know, act like the devil's lettuce is really going to actually get you so hard. So that's, that's, that's my take. Travis, what do you? No, you, had a, you made a good point there. I think there's definitely a generational change that's happening. And I think, with that, and especially with uh, marijuana, I think that's going to be huge as far as possibly federal legalization. I, I really think, like you said, I think we're about a half generation away, if not one full generation. But I think that plays a big part. And, I mean, number two, I, um, the government, <clears throat> I think it's not 100% legalized yet because I think maybe they're still trying to figure out how they're going to monetize this how they're going to get their money and how it's going to run through the government to fund whatever. Um, so maybe there's a plan in action and behind the scenes we don't know about that could, you know, for the future, maybe that's their plan. Who knows? Um, but there's so much money to be made. I mean, surely eventually they're going to legalize it to make the money. I mean, government needs money, right? They love to spend it. Why wouldn't they do this? I'm posting right now, I'm adding to our page the um, the movie poster I was talking about, the Reefer Madness. I just added it. I just added it. So if you guys go, you guys, you got, you have to check this out. I mean, it's absolutely that we... Yeah, I think they'll watch that. Yeah, so. But, you know, the discussion is, like you said, is ongoing. The, and we're, we have to address, we, we have to address the elephant in the room at some time, at some time. I, and I, I will agree with you guys to that point that say, yeah, you know what? 
let's get away from the marijuana debate and let's like you were saying earlier sean let's go let's talk about i mean i know exactly what family you're talking about in clarksville i know what family you're talking about in clarksville that cooks the meth and then there's still yep and i mean i i can take you to the place well i used to be able to take you to the place where they were cooking it and the thing is it's it's not a it's not a big city it's not just a big city problem anymore it's a everywhere problem and the longer we keep on trying to get i mean there is a bill in the Missouri legislature right now that is to legalize marijuana in Missouri and i know for a fact the republicans are fighting it tooth and nail tooth and nail and uh the only reason I, I keep up to date on this is because the guy who does the music for our intro and outro, uh, Charlie Tadlock, he keeps me posted. I mean, he's been to a number of rallies up in, I mean, well-organized rallies. And he says, you know, we go around, we talk, and he's like, Republicans are, you know, they're, they're fighting against this. And it's like you guys said, they represent that last bastion of that, of that generation of people who are like, well, we're just got to keep the pot out of here and let's you know let's focus on the real issue let's focus on the real problem at hand if we want to get drugs that are destroying lives let's take care of fentanyl let's take care of meth i mean heroin is you know a drug from the 70s that's making a comeback 60s 50s that's making a comeback so it was the 90s epidemic too right yeah 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 I had I had a kid. I've told you guys the story before. I had a kid who I went to school with, who shot drugs up into his eyes. I and he had he had. I'm I'm not making this up. I swear on a stack of Bibles. He had needle tracks in his eyes that he was shooting up. I I don't know what he was shooting up, but I think it was some form of heroin of some kind that he was shooting up into his eyes. And I'm like, why do you? I said, oh, it just goes quicker to the brain bloodstream. And I'm like. Dude, you are nuts. So, I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, potheads don't do that. No, no. But another fantastic. No, potheads will sit there and try to see, like, how much vape they can get, like, in a car if they duct tape the windows to it. That's about, like, they'll sit there and think about it while eating a bag of chips. And then they'll Man. end up falling asleep and then not doing whatever they were Can you doing. imagine kind of a beautiful the, legalization of pot, the legalization of pot would have a trickle-down effect and the manufacturing of Funyuns would just go off the chart? I, I don't know why. Like some of the, And I bet, I bet money, actually. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know why. I bet money that if you looked at, like, you know, some of these campaign donations for marijuana, I guarantee you Frito-Lay and Mountain Dew Pepsi-Cola. Yeah, so there we are. White, white, white <laughs> castles and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I have oh, I have yeah. done more. I'm serious about this. I have done more Uber and Lyft runs to guys who come in. And if you've never smelled pot before, if you've lived under a rock and you've never smelled it before, <laughs> it has an unmistakable. I carry a little bottle of air freshener in my vehicle because i it's 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 true I, I will pick up at least at least one somebody who's been smoking pot morning afternoon evening shift i will always have one and man can you stop by the gas station before we go back home <laughs> yeah man yeah no problem and he comes That's out awesome. he comes out with just that little you know the little you know grocery sack and and i i mentioned funyuns because I mean, that's what well, uh, that's why i notice more i i see funyuns more than anything else. i'm like is there it's like does that like have, have an internet interaction with the pots <laughs> oh man funyuns mm -hmm. uh, yeah anyway good discussion <laughs> good job yeah great talking to you guys again as as always to our listeners i really hope you guys enjoyed it um Again, uh, thank you all so much for those that um, bought merch. And thank you guys again for those of you guys that continue to share the podcast, listen to the podcast. Um, we are growing. We talked about it last week, but we are, mm -hmm. um, which is a lot of fun. And 
I know we kind of keep saying it from time to time, and it can kind of sound like a broken record at times, but we are legitimately working on some different things to kind of uh, make the show better, the format better, everything uh, that, that we can do for our listeners and viewers' experience to be better. That's, that's what we're working towards, and we couldn't do it without you guys and your support. So, again, thank you all so much. Please, if, if you got a grandparent that's, you know, about to kick the bucket and they've got one more vote in them, um, well, hey, you let them know. You let them know that uh, come election season when, when there's a proposition on the ballot to get the old devil's lettuce ready for you. Don't, don't let them uh, croak hey, before it's too late. And I, do want, and I do want to give a shout-out to Michael, the officer. Mikey stayed on with us all night tonight. He's given us a lot of great insight. Mike, thanks for Absolutely. so much for contributing tonight and, and Again, Murdog, we saw your comment earlier. Thank Murdog said thank you for the shout out for birthday. So, yeah, thank you for all the all the contribution tonight. We appreciate it. Yep. You guys have a great rest of your week. I can't wait to talk to you all next week. We'll see you.